Yeah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com slash build. That's Chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. All right, welcome back to Film Study. If you're new to Film Study this year, you don't know how we handle the bye weeks when there is no defense or offense to break down from Sunday because the Ravens didn't play. What we do is a mid-season or bye week uh, evaluation, roster evaluation of both defense and offense. Today is the defensive show. Ken McCusick, how are you doing? Life's good, Josh. How about you? 
I'm I'm doing good. It was it's always nice to have a break and just watch football and not stress over a Ravens game. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Maureen was just mentioning to me how it it takes a lot of the fun out of the game to be intensely scoring as we do it. But uh, yeah, it's this was a, a day of just watching football. Right. Unfortunately, not the one o'clock results we wanted. Right, right, right. Well, now now I've got a moment. In a moment, I'll get to how what you could have done to make your bye week really fun and add some stress into football that you missed with the Ravens game going on. But each year, Brian joins us to go over this as well. Brian, how are you doing? This is Brian McFarlane. Good, God. Good gentlemen. How are you this evening? All right. And Brian is from uh, Russell Street Report and yeah. uh, the what king of Raven salary cap. Outside, Know more about it than anyone outside the castle? I'll answer that one for him. There's absolutely, he's absolutely the most knowledgeable cap expert on the Ravens there is. And uh, I, I try and be real careful to pass cap questions through him. So I don't make a blunder, particularly if it has anything to do with the nuances of the cap. Uh, and, and he's always the, the last word in, in cap. All right. Well, that'll work for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump into this defense, but I do want to tell you guys, we kind of set this up last week, but we're really excited that my bookie is coming on board and supporting film study. So between the NFL and college games, and now we've got the baseball world series this week, there's no shortage of games to watch with thousands of lines available every day. And you can bet on all types of things over on my bookie. Underdogs give you tons of value. I was, as we record on Sunday night, I was just looking at the lines and they have a promotion uh, giving you great lines to take the Seahawks tonight. So they're always doing cool things to get you into the games and have them be some fun. So the deal is with film study listeners is they're going to match the amount of money you put in. So if you put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 bucks free all the way up to $1,000. So sign up over at my bookie. And when you do, use the promo code RAVENS to claim that deposit match sign up dollar for dollar. You is that, is do, that first time only for $1,000? The, the, it is first time. It says to do this on your first time, but I tested it out with some Sunday action and it worked for me. So even if you're still using my bookie, use the code Ravens to get that matching bet. So going over there, you can even bet on the election right now. So it makes your bye week fun. It makes, uh, every week fun and you can add a little bit more stress to the Ravens game for you. So That's a great matching offer. It's, I can't believe up to a thousand dollars. Yeah. Ravens over at my bookie. So let's look at the defense, really getting into deep details. And can each year you break this up into five categories? That's right. So there's five categories, young producers, players who are on their rookie contract already producing at a high level. Those are the guys who, help you beat the cap by the most, which is the ultimate game. I think Brian and I both agree, right? Beating the cap by the most most possible on an individual play-by-player basis is what's really important in the NFL today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's your that's your cheap labor, and hopefully it's good, and any of your good cheap labor, and that's, that's what allows you to, uh, obviously not in the Ravens situation yet, but that's what will allow them to be able to pay Lamar Jackson, $40 million a year or whatever it might be by the time he gets an extension. So absolutely. You got to have that without that. You, you, you just, you, uh, I don't see how you can survive with a cap. So most important group. The second group is the developmental group. And those are players who aren't quite there in the young producer category yet, but they're young and they still have a chance to become young producers who beat the cap. So that's the developmental group. The third group, veterans playing for market value. The Ravens actually have a lot of those on defense right now. 
Um, basically, anybody on their second contract, I kind of consider playing for market value. You occasionally will get a bargain in that group. We'll talk about a couple of guys, particularly the Ravens have, that I think represent pretty good bargains in that group. But they're still playing on their second contract, and they're making a lot of money at the very least. That's where a lot of your money gets spent. Then you, the category you really need to avoid, veteran cap value concerns. So those are players who are really not earning what they're making as a veteran salary. Unfortunately, the Ravens don't have a lot of those. And then the last category, transitional players, not making a lot of money, but they're also not going to be around uh, in all likelihood to, to do anything special or to rise into a young producer group. So those are the five categories anyway. I think we'll just go through player by player right through those. Brian, what do you say? Sounds good to me. Okay, so starting on the defense here, and the, the young producers, uh, I have only three in the group. The first one is Tyus Bowser, who's, who's having a uh, great start to his contract year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, the, the, the outside edge guys who seem to uh, have great contract years here in Baltimore, and a lot of them haven't lived up to their billing prior to that. And obviously, Bowser being a second-round pick, uh, I would say, hasn't to this point. Um and obviously he's never going to be a, a you know 10 sack guy but he does some he certainly does some things well and certainly this year um you know he he's he's turned the corner what you know now whether it be a big market for him next year i think remains to be seen and a lot that a lot of that'll depend on how the you know the rest of his season plays out okay so i love Tyus Bowser particularly at with the coverage flexibility he brings the the Ravens, the ability to drop to coverage uh, that he and Judon have on the field at the same time is something very few NFL teams have. They usually have very defined Rush and Sam roles on both teams, both most teams, but to have two guys who can drop to coverage in the complex blitz schemes that Wink likes to set up is a is a real luxury. So my question for you would be, do you think there's a chance that Tyus Bowser could be an early extension somewhere before the end of this year, they try and work out a deal with him? I mean, certainly, I mean, that's something they've shown in the last couple of years that they're willing to do as we get into December. Um, I, you know, he may not want to p- want to play that out. He, or I mean, he won't, may want to play the season out, meaning, um, and, and see if he can maximize his value a little more. Um, I mean, it worked, you know, they did it with Chuck Clark and it, it, it obviously, um, you know, worked out well, but so I, I would be surprised. Um, and, and, you know, they're a little short on cap space to be putting out any kind of bonus. So, um, they, you know, they did do a deal with, I guess it was Fort who didn't change his number and then he got his bonus, you know, three months later, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in February. But so, I mean, I, that's certainly a possibility that way, but, um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you never say never. Okay. I, one of the things I want to, we want to talk about and make sure we're, we're thinking about with all these players is the COVID cap for 2021. And you guys, you and I had this discussion a little before, and you kind of thought it would be about a $20 million reduction. And certain turns out you're almost exactly on the money that it's at $175 million is where the negotiated floor is for next year. I assume that's going to be the actual cap number for next year as well, based on the low revenues in terms of seating this year. Yeah, well, it'll depend. Um, that was kind of an issue. They were going to let this season play out and see what happened. Um, there may be the ability, um, they, they certainly did this, well, two CB, well, yeah, two CBAs ago, um, when the, the new um, cap calculation did force a drop in the cap um in um in 2011 
And what they did was allow teams to borrow from future caps um, and then repay, you know, then repay them over time. So I could see that happening. Um, how much, I guess, remains to be seen. Um, so, but yes, 175 is the minimum. Um, it cannot go below that, but you know, that could still mean they could borrow, but that, I guess that remains to be seen at this point. And they've got to, you know, they got to get through this season <laughs> fully without, uh, you know, a major stoppage or an end of the season for that even to be a consideration. Yeah. Good point. So we're not there yet, but you think 175 plus borrowing is the most likely outcome? I would, I would think they would do something like that. Now it's not, you know, it's not going to be barring 50 million probably, but you know, um, because you know, the cap for this year is, you know, the basically 200 and, you know, they were look, they were expecting 215. So a lot of teams were basing, uh, you know, prior to this March, were basing contracts on that. So, um, you know, that may be something where you can borrow, uh, they could borrow 10 and pay it off over the, you know, the next eight years, something like that, you know, would be, would just be some nice round numbers or over the next five. And so you would take two out of them or, you know, maybe not 20, so that'd be 21. So maybe not out of 22, but from 23 forward, figuring 22 may be still adversely affected a little bit. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, that, that was in discussion and it seems like they just put that on hold um, just to figure out where, what the heck is going to happen. Okay. It, obviously an interesting thing and it really affects a player like Bowser just to talk about him for another second, because, you know, his, his, situa- his situation is made additionally uncertain by the fact that other teams may not have money to spend and they, you know, they may get the borrowing, they may not. And the Ravens could potentially use that as an advantage. The Ravens being a very favorable situation, probably don't want to have borrowing allowed. Well, they I mean, their cap is, is better than most, but they also only have, I believe 40 players on the cap right now. So a lot of that cap space is going to get eaten up. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got Stanley, um, you know, we've, you've got, uh, Nagakwe now. So, you know, one of those guys, if they don't get them both resigned, one of those guys is getting the, uh, the tag. So, um, their cap space is not as, as, um, you know, on paper, it looks good, but when you look at what that, what they'll have to do and, you know, just to get up to, to the rule of 51, it's going to take 10 players, you know, that's, you know, at, at the minimum, that's $6 million. If, if those 10 players are playing for the, for the rookie minimum, uh, you add anybody else playing for more than that. And, you know, so that's eating into that. They're going to have some, you know, the, uh, the escalators. Um, let's see, uh, Edwards is a restricted free agent. Um, so, you know, they're going to be, that's, it, it's not as nice as it sounds, I guess, is what I'm, <laughs> the short answer. There. I, I just, I, I guess I'm trying to compare that to the situation other teams are in, because I didn't think that the Ravens number of players under contract for next year was particularly low. I thought, you know, the Steelers are at 38 or something, if I recall, and then other teams were in the, in a similar range. So they, you know, while the Ravens were at, you know, I know well enough to know that the $65 million number or whatever is out there currently for the Ravens has certain caveats to go with it that other teams also have caveats and, and in many yeah. cases more restricted free agents. Yeah. I mean, they certainly do. So yeah, I mean, in, in, as far as Bowser goes, and I think, I mean, I think he may be a one, um, you know, I think there gonna be a lot of guys that are going to resign uh, with their present team because if that, you know, obviously if, I mean, he, if he feels like he's getting enough playing time and things like that, because having to go to a new team, because there could just be a lot of one-year deals. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys aren't going to want to get locked into 
smaller long-term deals that aren't, you know, that, that two years from now may not be, you know, market value for them, but that's all that, you know, because it's, you know, the, the year after COVID or, you know, they're going to have to uh, take less and because they're just, the money isn't there. So I think there's gonna be a lot of guys playing for, you know, veteran or, you know, low minimum deals uh, with the idea that, you know, I'll, I'll have another, I'll have a good year or another good year, or, you know, I'll rebuild my value, whatever, whatever the circumstance is, um, just to be able to get up to, uh, you know, to hit free agency the following year when hopefully all this mess is, is gone and, you know, we're back to the normal caps. So, you know, then it's just a question for a guy like Bowser is, you know, if I'm going to play for the minimum and I'm not worried about a big deal, is Baltimore the right place for me? You know, is Wink using me um, to showcase me, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, so I, but so that I, you know, I certainly think if, uh, especially if he has a good year this year and continue or continues having a good year, that this could be a place where, you know, what I'll play there for a million dollars next year, let's just say. Um, and, you know, and, and have another great year, hopefully. And then, you know, then I'll hit the market, you know, uh, when, when the money's flush again. All right. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on a little bit. Cause we need to, we need to roll through this. Deshaun Elliott, the second on the young producer list breakthrough of the year this year, we all kind of were excited to see him finally get on the field and he's been the around the ball, uh, Hawk that we had hoped he would be. Uh, obviously, it would be better if he if he had collected that interception against the Eagles. Yes. But he's he's been around the ball, you know, just all all the games this year, much. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, they, they, I guess the main thing for him is he stayed healthy. Um, and it was, you know, it was you had to, you had to be a little worried when they didn't have training camp and you know much of a training camp and preseason and um, you know how how would he step in. Um, but certainly it certainly seemed like, uh, I can't say he hasn't missed a beat cause there wasn't a beat before this, but he, you know, <laughs> as far as missing a beat for what we were hoping for, I guess. I, in part, I've seen this, the speed and the range on the back end that I want to see. But the other thing that I really like is he really seems to be taking over the understanding of the defense. And it's pretty clear to me, there isn't anyone else who would call the signals besides Elliot. If something were to happen to Clark. They're not really ready for Queen to play every snap up here, so though we might get, be just a few weeks away from that. They're not really ready for it right now. And even if they were ready for it, I don't, I don't know if you want to lop that additional responsibility on someone who has a lot of problems with his own responsibilities, you know, as it's been so far. So I don't see Fort playing every down, which really means Elliott's the only guy who could take that role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good thought. I mean, and you know, it's one of those things we don't think about, but. We've certainly seen, you know, over the last couple of years when, you know, the change, I mean, certainly when, when Clark took over um, the change, um, you know, everybody did, everybody seemed to be, you know, making their assignments and, and, you know, a lot of the breakdowns weren't happening anymore. So, I mean, it is such a key thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We go back to Patrick Owasso when he took it over from Mosley in 18, when Mosley was hurt early in the year and the, the defense imploded against Cincinnati and they gave it to Weddle. It might've been for the second half of that game. They yeah. might've even changed it. And, and then Owasso uh, really was, was not the right guy. And, and that he might be in a similar situation to queen because he was a guy who was shifting positions to play Mike at that point roles a little different. And obviously it's just, it's, it's just not the same. And in queen's case, just really learning the position. And uh, by the way, he's the third young producer on the list here. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, so far so good with him, obviously, you know, with rookies you have, especially rookies who didn't have OTAs and, you know, an abbreviated, uh, camp, so to speak, and no preseason, you know, um, he certainly, uh, you know, seems to hit the ground running, uh, you know, their hiccups here and there, but, um, you know, he certainly looks to be what he was billed to be, um, which is great because it's, you know, it seems like we've, we've lacked, certainly last year, we lacked that inside presence. Yeah. I like the fact that they have the flexibility to not have him in there for every down because Clark has the green dot and Patrick Queen has been out of a lot of the race car dime packages, a lot of those third down packages where they've been trying to get four outside linebackers and one lineman, it was two linemen early in the year on the field, but play without an inside linebacker. And that that's really been effective. I don't think the Ravens really want to compromise that, obviously. But also it's good for Queen, I think, to get responsibilities on lower leverage downs down first. And he's obviously done very well with a lot of those the exception being some of those coverage responsibilities off the line of scrimmage in particular. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's keep moving on here. Veteran defense, relative to the offense in particular, we we're going to talk about tomorrow night, but the, the, the next group is the developmental group, and you'll see this is a pretty sparse developmental group with only five players in it, starting with Anthony Averett, who just got injured but was playing a very key role in this defense. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's had his ups and downs, uh, early in his career, but you know, um, and does seem like I'm trying to remember which game they seemed like they picked they tr- they were trying to pick on him a little, but um, you know, it, it seems like he he and obviously he seems like he's he's definitely gotten better and certainly and obviously it's some of it's coach speak, but obviously you know the coaches speak very highly of him as well, and you know Harbaugh expressed no you know no no reservations, um, so. Um, you know, but he's also, you know, nearing the end of his deal. Um, so you have to, you know, you have to wonder, you know, will he be a guy that will hit the road in a year or two? Yeah, so he's in year three. Uh, the Ravens have got him for one more as a draft pick. He's signed for a fourth year as opposed to an RFA. Uh, so th- they have him for another year of growth. I like the fact, kind of like minor league baseball players that evolve one level at a time, one level per year, that Averett has snap count has increased from 65 to about 200. And he was on pace for more than that this year. Uh, it now appears that probably won't happen with the injury he has, although I do expect him back before the end of the year. Yeah, and that's that's the, one of the good things. And the couple of rules this year that we'll see, uh, you know, whether they think it ah, wasn't so bad or I kind of like that. But uh, having more having more players being able to be available to come back off of IR like every other sport. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting to see if that's something uh, – and certainly they're, you know, they're expecting him back. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, from my perspective, if that's something they they discuss next year and say, you know, let's 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 do a little side letter to the CBA and uh, you know and, and make this a reality going forward. Okay, so we got several things in the in this year's COVID rules that that would be special and, and could continue. Rank these in order of which one you think will stay. And the first one I'll say is the 48 man game day roster. I love that. The second is the two practice squad elevations per week. Gotta love that as well. And then the other one is the three-week IR. If you had to rank those one to three and which the NFL is most likely to keep, what would it be? Well, actually, I'm going to rank the first two together because they are part of the new CBA. They were not COVID rules. Oh, okay. Um, the, the short-term IR was COVID, is a COVID rule. 
and the unlimited number of bringing players back is the COVID rule. Um, so the the other rule that I, I kind of like that I will find that I'll, I'd be interested in seeing is the having allowing veterans um, to be on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, the the perfect example of this right now will be uh, will be Des Bryant. Um, you know, would not have, would not have not, has not been eligible for the practice squad for seven or eight years now under the rules. Um, but this year they've, they've allowed that when they expanded the, the practice squads to, uh, to 16. And, um, but it's a perfect for what the Ravens are seemingly going to do. They're going to sign him to the practice squad. He, he can practice for weeks while, and it's just like an extended tryout. Um, and, you know, since it is 16 guys on the practice squad, I, you know, necessarily need all those spots. So, um, you know, then they can test it out and see how it goes. And, um, you know, if, if, if he looks terrible for three weeks from now, then, you know, no harm, no foul. But if, if you get him up to speed, especially for a guy who hasn't pay, played in two years. Um, so I think that's, that's an interesting role that I don't know that they'll keep, but I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's guy another one that goes along with the expanded practice squad, the sixteen man thing. Because I think are they going back to ten, or was the sixteen part of the CBA as well? No, the sixteen is is new. It it expanded to twelve this year. Went from ten to twelve this year. I believe it was staying at twelve next year, and then going to fourteen. Okay, for the balance of the CBA. Um, so, you know, I don't know that, you know, uh, not a non-COVID year, they'll, they'll keep it at 16, but I do kind of like the, the ability to have veterans. I mean, Gilchrist is another one. Uh, yes, 10-year you know, vet. <laughs> yeah, he would not have been eligible. Um, uh, you know, but if the guys are willing to take, you know, the 12,000 a year or 12,000 a week on the practice squad, um, you know, with a chance to be elevated, you know, like Gilchrist has been and you know and that i just I, I i do i love that part too when you can bring guys up because you know you got you're sure you don't want to cut somebody but you're you know you're a little you're a little your depth is a little hurt at you know uh weak at some spot because of injuries when you can just you know bring a bond or a um or um um what's the other cb that uh, like doris dorsey Yes, Dorsey. Yes, who's on the fifty-three now? But you could do that for a couple of weeks while seeing how injuries go. So I, I like that a lot. I think the Ravens. You know, first of all, they've been known for for being terrific in terms of having real depth, and that's why that's the main reason, in particular, on the defensive side. They've won all these consecutive preseason games, in my opinion. But but the other the other part that I'm really loving about it is the four person protected component of the practice squad, and the Ravens certainly were a um, delicious roadkill for the vultures of the rest of the league to come and, and find the next best defensive lineman that was available for years. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that'll be interesting. I mean, cause usually when December hits, that's when, you know, the teams at the bottom start poaching, um, especially um, when they're already looking to next year and kind of like, you know, we like that guy in the draft or, you know, he was a priority free agent, but he went to the Orioles. Well, that's when they're, you know, getting rid of veterans who aren't part of their future. And then they'll sign, you know, they'll sign a guy off another team's practice squad. And then he's, a, you know, he's an exclusive, he's an exclusive rights free agent the following year. So having that protected, um, you know, is, is, is certainly helpful that way too, that you can uh, at least for a little bit, keep some of those vultures away. Okay. So you can, you can sign him to the roster, but you can't sign him to a futures deal when he's in that position, right? 
at the end once the season is over you can sign him to a futures deal yeah okay. but you can't until uh until your final game um and that's what had you know as soon as the last as soon as the last game be it regular season or playoffs whatever the final one is that's when you know the, that day basically or the following morning you know most of the practice squad guys are re-signed to future deals there you go all right, let's keep going. The, the next developmental guy is a guy I'm still hoping will will take a step forward, but Yannick Ngakwe's presence may may change that. Jalen Ferguson's been a terrific run defender. I think he's going to be more of a focused run defender with Ngakwe here because that's first of all that's what the Ravens really need him to be. That's what they need, and and second of all, Ngakwe's not a good run defender and really right. needs to be a situational rusher. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean Ferguson is uh, you know he and. He's he started to seem like he's come on the last couple of weeks. He had those injuries during training camp, the abbreviated training camp. So um, hopefully, you know, this is just some of the you know the first couple of games or some of the knocking the rust off, and um, you know now he's fully up to speed. And uh, you know, I mean, they've got they've got him for this year and two more years. So there's plenty of time for him to uh, you know further develop. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's he fits into that perfectly that category perfectly. Yeah, I got the trial by fire as a rookie. Uh, which was nice, you know, in 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 multiple ways. But it's nice to get a rookie some playing time. And Malik Harrison struggling to get playing time right now. He's playing about ten snaps a game. Uh, a guy who they spent a third round pick on. Uh, he's just he's he has to um, split time with Fort at the will linebacker spot. So basically, you'll never see Fort and Harrison on the field together, or we haven't so far more than maybe one snap. Uh, but but those two guys. Uh, are, are splitting that will time. And there isn't even always mic time because of the Ravens, the packages they they use. So they, they, they run really very few total inside linebacker snaps. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be, um, you know, in a way, it, I, I don't know if you say it hinders his development. He's a rookie. and mm-hmm. um, But he's shined a couple times, certainly when he's had his opportunity. And, um, you know, I mean, he was pretty much a consensus third round pick, whether we were going to take him or somebody else was. So, um, you know, I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the, the lack of OTAs and, and, uh, training can, you know, the abbreviated training camp is just for rookies. And of course, especially, um, the undrafted guys, it's just, it, it's made things just that much harder. So, um, you know, so, but, but again, he's, you know, he's a rookie, so he's got plenty of time to develop in the future and, you know, uh, LJ Fort may or may not be here, you know, in, in, in these future, in these next couple of years. So, um, you know, uh, I, I certainly think they envision him as a starter there uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. I, I would, I would expect LJ Fort to still be around next year. Wouldn't you? I mean, combination of special teams value. Oh yeah. 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 He's still young enough and yeah. And you know, whether, whether he's starting or whether he's just quality depth at that point, either way, um, you know, he's a, he's certainly a, a good guy to have around uh, for special teams as well. Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, Fort is so far and above all of the other inside linebackers they have board Harrison and queen in terms of knowing where he's supposed to be. Uh, I, you know, one of the things I've been really looking at this year is at Patrick queen and what body language he's getting from the other players. But Fort really seems to be like his older brother on the field. You know, mm-hmm. basically you, you need to be here. And then he kind of gives him a low five and lets him go about his business. And, you know, he knows he messed up on this zone coverage. Why not? It's, it's uh it's really interesting to see but Ford who's played really only about one full season of snaps his entire career in nine years now I think uh is 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 by far the veteran of the, of the inside linebacker core. yeah oh definitely yeah 
All right, Justin Matabike, the next guy on the list, uh, he's had a couple of pretty significant snap counts. I believe it was 30 and 20, and that's the way I count them, not the way everybody else counts them. So that's a little lower than what he's actually had. And uh, it hasn't looked bad to me, but hasn't been dominant by any stretch either. Yeah, and I mean, he's 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 another one who's, you know, he's coming off of injury. Um, did he miss the first two or three games? Missed, he, played, he just played week five and six. So that's Yeah, yeah so we missed the first four. So, I mean, that's just, you know, getting back into football shape and things like that. So I think the fact that, and you know, maybe some of it's necessity, but, you know, the fact that they gave him the, that, you know, that, that work level, um, I, I think they like him a lot. I mean, I, I, he was a guy I loved coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, as he, as he, you know, gets more familiar and, and comfortable, I think he has that ability to push that, that pocket more. Uh, from the interior that we've kind of lacked for a while. Um, obviously, Campbell changes that some to an extent, too, certainly, but, I mean, in past years. So um, I think he, you know, I think uh, I think he's got a bright future. Yeah, su- super fast for a big guy. So he's definitely a good stunt over and stunt under player, and the Ravens really have a collection of them right now. Every team has a lot of stunt over guys, meaning guys who like to loop. It's the stunt right. under guys who are really special. And have Campbell and Wolf on the same team is great. But Matabike is another two-way player uh, who, who's very exciting in that capacity. So happy with him as well. Move on to Broderick Washington, the next guy on the list, fifth-round draft pick. He, again, is a trial-by-fire guy who, who got some playing time right away, including a fairly significant outing. I believe it was against Cleveland in week one where he might have played about 30 snaps. Let's make it 28 against Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, it's rounding up. Um, so yeah, I mean, another, you know, another rookie and, uh, you know, guy that, uh, I think they have some hope for, um, hopefully he's not a Dalen Mack who, you know, <laughs> was a fifth round pick also, if I remember correctly. That's correct. And, and didn't last, but you know, didn't even make it, didn't, didn't even make training camp to training camp this year before they jettisoned it. I think he's, I think he's been signed by like two or three teams since. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, so it seems like Washington, yeah, what I mean, you know, first game at Cleveland game, if you're getting that many snaps, now maybe they weren't real happy with it either, which is, you know, uh, been some of the uh, uh, cause of the downturn in, in snaps. But um, certainly another guy, I mean, it's a fifth-round pick. A lot of, the, you know, these, these rookies just, uh, you know, they're coming in really cold because there's just not as much, uh, you know, not as much time. And so hopefully – um, you know, next off season, get, get a little stronger, um, you know, and get a full, uh, off season in. And, you know, I think, uh, hopefully he can, you know, he can make something out of himself. They've always, they've always been able to find defensive linemen. That's for sure. You know, Mac excluded perhaps. Well, they need to, because Matt BK and Washington are the only youth on a very old defensive line. You know, what yeah. we've seen so far, looks like Brandon Williams is going to be around in 2021 with the restructure that got done fairly recently. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so, but that still is four guys of the six who are over 30 now with Ellis Campbell, Williams and Wolf and Wolf isn't even signed for next year. Neither is Ellis for that matter. No, but no. Uh, you know, it, 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 the Ravens needed to, to, to get two defensive line draft picks in this draft. And they're probably going to need another two in the next draft to really get young again. They'll be able to do some patchwork with their free agents or, you know, the return of Campbell and Williams, probably of that group. Uh, but they're, they're going to need to really uh, probably find their next true nose tackle in this coming draft, I believe. 
Yeah, I would agree. Um, they were always, you know, it always seemed like they would draft a, you know, one or two a year, even later picks that would, you know, your Brent, your Brett Urban's, you know, you could, um, guys like that. Um, that you know, of course, one, he was one guy that had injury problems, but once he, you know, overcame that, um, you know, these were solid, you know, rotational um, contributors. And when you get that out of a, you know, as you as your young producer category uh, is, you know, that you know you can get guys that uh, can give you rotational guys he can give you significant snaps that that's key because you know that's your that's your bread and butter that's your uh that takes you know then you can go splurge on a free agent here or there or on your quarterback contract all right guys real quick before we get to the veterans playing for market value i want to tell you about keeps so a little perspective on this uh you know i'm an older man if you've seen me and whatnot, I have uh, a bald head now, and, and some of that is by choice, by shaving, but I certainly have always cared about my hairline uh, going back into my 20s when I started losing my hair. And I wish this product had been around back then. It definitely felt like panic time in terms of there was nothing available to do, but had keeps been there, I think I would have had something to use. Yeah, uh, two out of three guys will experience some type of form uh, some type of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. I'm 40 and wondering if I'm avoiding that a little bit by keeping the hair really short, but I'm not going to grow my hair out to figure that out. So anyway, if you're around that age, if you're starting to do it, if you're a little early, why don't you do something about it now while you still have your hair? Those treatments t- typically t- go between four and six months, but they do see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using it, the more hair you'll save. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps.com slash Ravens to receive your first month of treatment free. That's Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ravens. Let's talk about the veteran group now, the guys who are playing for market value. And it's a huge group. I have 16 players in it. It's basically all but one of the current veterans. And one of the points I kind of want to discuss up front on this is that the Ravens are in a position where uh, they need to move a lot of cap from the defense to the offense, which is going to mean, I think, some tough cuts are going to come on defense. There's already a lot of expectation that the Ravens may still have a chance to sign Judon or Ngakwe. And I'm thinking maybe not either might be the answer out of this because they really it's a it's a they have a lot of money spent on their defense right now and then they have to pay some offensive stars coming up and mostly in terms of stanley and jackson and um andrews yeah i mean it's um i I gotta think that um with the with the anticipation that the cap will go up significantly um you know maybe not next year certainly but after that um you know god help us all for sure um but if that assuming that happens i think yeah i don't know you know the judon uh, nagakwe thing is i mean i think you you know you just traded for a guy and, and granted it wasn't a huge you know it wasn't a huge cost but i gotta think he's first in line uh ahead of judon at this point but that also depends on the next you know two plus months um you know if he goes out and lays down three sacks over the next, you know, 11 games, then that's, 
uh, or 10 games, I'm sorry, then that's, you know, that's probably uh, not going to keep him around. And if Judon puts up 10 over those, you know, then it's going to be harder not to sign him. But I think they have to bring one of them. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Them back because that's their pass rush. I mean, that those are their two best pass rushers by far at this point. Right. I mean, I'd, I'd maybe even say you need to bring back two out of three if you include Bowser in that group too. I mean, they could they could bring back McPhee, but it's the same problem. He's a free agent as well, even though he seems to have found the fountain of youth the, the last two games. So yeah, we'll get to him in a second. I'm sorry, I'm jumping the sure. gun here. So the <laughs> number first, number one alphabetically, and also really proven to be a pretty great value so far as Calais Campbell. It's really hard to be a value when you make as much as Calais Campbell does, but he's just been completely dominant. Yeah, I mean, that's that veteran presence, the um, uh, the Trevor Price presence from, you know, from uh, probably a decade ago now. But, um, you know, that guy that, um, you know, just big, just takes the pressure off of everybody else, just takes it on himself, to be honest with you. Um, you know, um, and, and obviously he's a, just a, a class guy. Um, but that, I think that was, and you know, the pittance they gave up in a trade to get him was, I, I don't, you know, some of the trades they've been, the, the cost has been able to pull off. I, I just shake my head at, cause I don't understand how he, how he talked the other team into giving him for that cheap. Um, so may, I, don't know, I don't know if he's gotten one more up his sleeve for a wide or veteran wide receiver or something, but, um, or an interior lineman maybe, but, uh, it'd be nice in, without the cap, not a lot of cap space, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, Campbell is just, I mean, he's been exactly as advertised. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's really nice to see that, that, uh, that pressure he brings. Yeah. He's worked, he's worked extremely well with the way Wink runs the pass rush too. Just having an under guy that's of his talent that can cross somebody's face, draw the attention of two blockers, allow an easy loop. If you go back to last game, Q4, 438 for two consecutive plays. And unfortunately, the second one's a touchdown pass. But don't let that bother you because it's really the pressure these guys got. Bowser and Campbell ran consecutive over and under stunts where one is the under guy and loops, uh, the other loops, and then and then they reverse the roles the second time around. First one was a quarterback hit. Second one was a pressure. I just love to see that. And, and those guys are obviously getting very comfortable with each other uh, in terms of those roles. What Campbell has brought in, in terms of this, Wolf as well is really, really good. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Chuck Clark. Uh, Chuck Clark, the next guy, one of the real values in this list. Maybe not the number one value on the defense in terms of uh, what he produces relative to what he's paid. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he's um, they got him on a, you know, it's you get the ascending you know, the idea of signing the ascending players before they become superstars, and you get them uh, at least you know for a couple years at a, at a cheaper price um until you have to you know decide whether you can pay them full price so to speak so they certainly got that and uh, you know obviously he's the leader uh, you know and i mean how often do you hear of you know teammates basically saying it's this guy you know he's the guy we want um 
you know, you had to get rid of the other guy in this Earl Thomas <laughs> thing. Um, you know, so you don't hear that that often. Um, so uh, the fact that, you know, it seemed like it was pretty universal that everybody stepped to his side. Um, it just uh, speaks volumes. Yeah, to, to me as well. Uh, Justin Ellis is next on the list. And uh, he, he there's two things about him. Number one is a, I've got a V on him in the article, if you look at that, hasn't posted yet. And also a star because he's a free agent at the end of the year. But the V means he's a veteran that earns, sorry, has a cap consideration that is less than what he's actually earning. Can you explain that to everybody? Sure. So there's um, the, what what used to be called the minimum salary benefit has now been changed to the veteran salary benefit. Um, but that allows you to sign a veteran um, for the veteran minimum for um, for his service time and then add a bonus. But there's a limited amount of bonus to it. But then his base salary um, drops down to uh equal what a player with two years of service time is. So, you know, you've got a guy like Ellis who probably has eight years, I'm going to guess. Um, so, you know, his, his, um, his base, his base salary that he's actually being paid is, is a million dollars, but he's only counting um, 750,000 and the Ravens have probably five or six guys that are under this. Um, McPhee is another one. Um, uh, Richards, what Richards is another one. I'm trying to think. Um, so there, there's, 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 like I said, there's about five or six of them. I think Jihad Ward might be in that group. The Jihad v, Ward is in that group as well. Uh, Anthony Levine, you mentioned, right? Marcus Gilchrist. Um, he, he's still he, in the practice squad. Technically, well, he's, but yeah, yeah, he, yeah. So, um, so I think that's, but so basically it's just a way, and it was put into the, the two CBAs ago as a way of, you know, the, the veteran players like these guys were getting uh, pushed aside when people were, you know, because t- keep, teams were keeping their, their draft picks and in, in their undrafted free agents because the veterans made too much. And this was a way of closing that gap um, so that they could be paid the full amount uh, that they deserved, quote unquote, based on their service time. But they would count less against the cap so that they wouldn't keep getting cut uh, in favor of younger, cheaper players. And it's, Ravens have used this very well, and they found a number of players. McClellan was a good one. Levine, a great one in terms of a player who who can do something usually defensively or maybe offensively, but also has a big special teams role. He usually gets a two-year contract. These contracts have typically been two years at a time with a, with a bonus that might be a quarter million to go on to that vet minimum total. Yes, yes. And there's also a higher level of vet minimum, which is only available for players who have been with the team for four years. Um, so Chris Moore is is one of the players. I, and Levine is the other, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, Levine is the other. So if you've been with that team continuously for four years, um, you, you can actually make more in, under those uh, contracts. So it's it's kind of like a a mini Larry Bird exemption from this from the NBA. Obviously, Larry Bird exemption is for superstars, um, but this is a way of keeping guys that have been around for a while on your team, allowing you know allowing you to pay them more, but also again you know reducing their cap amount. I think the the NFL does well to build loyalty to mid tier players that way. It really it's it's just it's a good way to build some additional fan loyalty to 
to players that type. And I think it's good for the game. I think the fans appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, some sports where it seems like players, you know, don't last very long. Baseball seems to be that way now or players are moving all over the place all the time. And, uh, you know, I think, and you know, for, for the cohesiveness of a team, uh, especially, you know, you got to have 53 players, you know, working together and, and certainly, you know, on offense or defense. So I think that, that, that cohesiveness, I think helps when you, when you, you can keep players like that around. All right, let's continue here. Uh, LJ Fort is in the group as a veteran playing for market value. We talked about him a little bit. I don't want to continue. Marcus Gilchrist, interesting thing, and this is part of the Ravens really understanding the rules in a COVID cap year. They brought him up once as a practice squad uh, elevation. Then the second week, Brandon Williams went on the COVID list. And rather than bring Marcus Gilchrist up for a second game, because they did want him, they brought him up as a COVID replacement, and that preserved his last elevation still for presumably this coming game against Pittsburgh. Correct. Correct. Um, and it's pretty likely had the uh, Nagakwe trade not happened that he would have been added to the 53 eventually, you know, mm-hmm. or, or any trade or, but certainly once, uh, you know, once, once uh, Averett went on uh, IR, then that was going to probably be, while well, he's not a corner, they still have, they can still bring bonds up one more time. Um, so, you know, Gilchrist was probably headed for the 53 at some point, or is, I should say is headed. Um, but now obviously he's going to need something else to happen. Um, now that they made the trade. Unfortunately, those things have a way of working out in terms of injuries. So sure. I, I, I hope it's not due to that, but, uh, Gilchrist, the, the dime defense right now is incredibly thin because they don't have Averett anymore, who was who is a, you know, basically the third corner in that dime, which forces Jimmy Smith to be the third corner. They've already, you know, they're down three corners this year now. Jimmy Smith is the third corner on this football team. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, most teams don't have anybody that good, but, but they want him to play safety. Right, right. That wasn't the, it wasn't the plan. Right. And I mean, it just, it is weird. Obviously, you know, we'll get to Tavon Young in a bit, but I mean, it is kind of weird just how every year, and I, I guess we'd have to, I you know I don't pay that much as as much attention to other teams, but our secondary just seems one if one unit's the one that gets decimated, it always seems to be the secondary. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's the way it seemed to me too. And in fact, the worst Ravens years are usually ones where the secondary is a a street of dying men in terms of yeah. everybody being hurt. Uh, Gilchrist it, it played pretty well in the dime. Had a coverage questionable coverage decision this last game on the fifty yard pass, but we don't need to belabor that. Marlon Humphrey playing, certainly earning his money this year, the extension. Uh, you know, I, I think people are all pretty happy about it around Baltimore. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, they, they, that was, you know, they, they, they've obviously got some business to take care of with, you know, with Stanley and, and uh, you know, and, and Humphrey before that. So it was nice to, it's always nice when they get those things done. Um, and, uh, and obviously he's, he's been playing at an incredibly high level. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was a no brainer. I, I hope they can get Stanley done too, but I, I think, I think Humphrey's probably a safer bet. Um, again, given that at least so far, he's not really been much of an injury concern where Stanley certainly gets nicked up a lot. 
Yeah, you're right. That has happened a lot, and they've they've kind of been playing without a net this year, frankly, in my opinion. But uh, but that is what it is. We'll talk about that on the offensive show. Matthew Judon uh, in this group playing for the cap. Uh, it's not something you really want to do is have a player playing for the cap every year. No, um, sorry, but, the franchise tag. You know yeah, what I mean? Tag, sure. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's um, yeah. I don't. It didn't seem like they got in there were any reports. They got much headway in any way, shape, or form. And I mean, he he seemed perfectly happy to be playing on the tag. Now, um, you know, the subsequent you know COVID issues. Maybe he would have preferred a long term deal. I don't know. If, you know what what kind of offer they made. And obviously, it was an odd off season. You know, clowny. Um, you know, staying available till almost September, I guess it was, or was it into September? Um, you know, and I think that really hurt Judon in any chance of getting an extension because originally, I mean, there were rumors he was asking for, you know, 20 million. Um, and, uh, you know, that didn't seem likely, but once Clowney was also at, was asking for like 24 million, <laughs> couldn't get, you know, 18 million then I think that really hurt Judon and, and the Ravens. And I think maybe that's the point he decided I'll just, you know, play it out. And if they want to pay me, you know, this, this franchise tag amount, then, you know, more power to them and I'll see what happens next year. And granted, like I said, COVID is, you know, put a, you know, um, put a real uh, dent in everybody's plans, but um, so we'll see what happens with that. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if he'll. I, I can't imagine them franchising him a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, but I guess part of it is how much he loves Baltimore and how much Baltimore loves him, as far as the coaching staff goes. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's definitely a lot of foolishness out there, which if he's taking personally would be would be heartbreaking in terms of of the stuff that's out there on Twitter and whatnot about him because they seem to be just beating the crap out of him. But Judon maintains a very high pass rush win rate and. He also uh, drops to cover and is real valuable in terms of the scheme that that Wink has used. And the Ravens are second, uh, second or third in the NFL in sacks right now. But with 22 sacks, they're, they're second or third. And all we hear about is how crappy this pass rush is. Well, frankly, it's a great scheme pass rush. You, you rarely can find one better. They they have destroyed quarterbacks this year in terms of the quarterback hits. That number is even more impressive than the sack number. And and I just Judon has a big part in that. So I hope people, you know, will will take it a little easy on him, particularly. And I know, uh, you know, every bad wide receiver is a darling that we'd love to have. But Matthew Judon, we have him now. He's he's damn good. And yeah, he's playing for the franchise tag. But but uh, boy, it seems like we should appreciate him a little more for who he is. Yeah, I mean, I think you know people hear franchise tag and you know they they think twelve plus sacks a year. Um, but I, I, I would agree with you. I don't think, I think there's a lot of little things he does um, for, for this defense that, that, um, that people just don't recognize. One of the reasons they can bring in an Ngakwe just to, not to, not to spend too much time on this is that Judon will be perfectly fine rushing from a standing spot at middle linebacker and picking a gap. And that's savvy to pick gaps or to drop to cover from that position will be very useful to the Ravens and, and allows them to have the flexibility to bring on another pass rusher who otherwise would only be a relatively marginal upgrade to whoever they had to take off the field if that was Bowser or or Judon, or, or a more marginal upgrade, let's say that. Um, sure. and, and, you know, they, they get a lot of value. That for, they'll get more value out of Yannick because of, because of their ability to deal with Judon. Yeah, and it will be nice to have, you know, a little more of a, 
a bookend approach sometimes uh, from the outside so that um, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, when, when those two are on the field together, Judon's going to get a lot more opportunities now because, um, you know, there's, there's the, you know, the, uh, the primo rusher uh, on the other side. Well, you know what? I'll predict a, an enormous second half from Judon because I think he's going to be mostly standing. And I think the end guys will actually be Campbell and Ngakwe because they, they like to play Campbell on the end on third down in the race car. Right, right, right. And, and so it, you'll end up with Bowser, you know, up there threatening an A-gap blitz. You'll have McPhee, in, you know, basically in a three-tech who is going to often have the ability to, to create problems in time. You might have Wolf back in there when, when he goes. They have actually have quite a bit of flexibility in terms of yeah. how they do this. But if if with the basic five guys being McPhee, Bowser, Judon, Campbell, and Ngakwe, that is a that is a hellacious start to a scheme pass rush. And Judon is going to feast in that environment because he doesn't have to win one-on-one battles. He has to have the savvy to pick the good gaps to right. rush through. Yeah, that's a good, very good point. All right, Anthony Levine, we talked about. Pernell McPhee, fountain of youth these last two weeks. Anything to say about that? I, I just love this play. Yeah, no, I, I do too. And I, I think, um, you know, even, la- I mean, last year, his until he got hurt, he was fantastic, mm-hmm. you know, because we were just, you know, is he going to, you know, now granted he didn't survive, but is he going to be, is he anything? Has he got anything left? And he obviously proved he had something left. So, I mean, he's just, he's one of those, you know, nice veteran signings, um, you know, that, that you gives you some quality time here and there. Um, and, you know, with, with Ngakwe around, uh, obviously depending upon, you know, the opponent and how they're going to scheme things up. But I mean, he's a nice guy just to have, um, you know, when you need him um, and um, maybe they can, you know, uh, take some of his snap level down, which, you know, will <laughs> hopefully keep him fresher as we get into December. I was just going to mention that because he's a, he's played 187 snaps as I count them, 47 and a half percent of the team snaps. That seems too high to me for McPhee. I I would have said 20 snaps a game is really what I wanted to see out of him, which would be probably a little bit less than one third. So they've done the exact same thing with him last year, <laughs> is to kind of overplay him. Yeah. And they at the same time they've paid him that same kind of a vet min salary. And you know, unfortunately, I think McPhee is probably one of these guys who gets lost in the puzzle here and doesn't really earn, you know, it's, it's, it's probably not going to get a big contract somewhere else. I wouldn't think, you know, at at his age. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think he's, he's on that veteran minimum contract for as long as he wants to keep playing, but I don't think, yeah, I mean, maybe he would get somebody to, you know, give him a two year deal, but it's, it's not going to be much different than what these one year deals are. It's not, just by getting the second year doesn't mean he's going to get a huge bump in his bonus that he would get on the the, the one year. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's his his place now. And you know, as you said, if he you know is a, if he's a twenty snap guy, he's 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 very valuable in that role. And at least the, uh, he's shown so far the last two years. All right, we did just just did a whole show on Yannick Ngakwe. He's now obviously in this playing for market value category. Although the Ravens get him kind of cheap for this year, it's still eight million dollars prorated for the rest of the season, and they have to pay ten seventeenths. Is that correct? Uh, they eleven because they once he was on the, since the the trade was official Thursday or Friday, so um, so it's it's eleven seventeen. So he he did the Ravens paid him last week. Okay, for the bye week. Okay. 
Marcus Peters, obviously still in this group, uh, signed a pretty team-friendly deal in particular in terms of what what it will take for the Ravens to get rid of him if they need to. Yeah, um, it's it, you know it's um, I don't I, yeah I don't envision that happening, but yeah, I mean that the, the deal was was structured so that it was a shorter term deal. Um, he got paid handsomely, but their their um, their get outs are you know aren't so terrible either. Greatest interceptor in NFL history in terms of of uh, uh, normalized to all time uh, of players with fifteen or more interceptions, most interceptions per per sixteen games, more even than Ed Reed. Jordan, yeah, Ritt- that's, go ahead. That's I'm crazy. Sorry. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, uh, Jordan Richards is next and we don't need to talk about him too much, but another guy veteran. And it's a little surprising to me. The only thing about him is that he's never been part of the safety discussion in the dime, like being the next guy up. Uh, one of the things I, I, I did see though, is that he definitely is the scheme guy for kick coverage units in particular for kickoff coverage units for the Ravens. And the way you, you know that, and, uh, Michael Crawford actually taught me this is they move him around everywhere from L1 to 5 to R1 to 5 because the other team otherwise might game plan to double team him. So it's it's extremely uh, – he's he's extremely flexible in terms of where he can play along that kick coverage unit. And most other players, they have a set position in. Yeah, I mean, he's I guess he's just that special teams only guy. Um, I guess I mean, in Levine, it's probably not a role for him either So at this point in his career. So, yeah, I mean – they, you know, they love their special teams only guys. Um, it seems like we have at least one a year. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I guess he's a, <laughs> the emergency case, <laughs> um, and hopefully, hopefully we never need him. But I, cause I don't think he played. Um, I, I don't think he ever played any many or an, many or any D snaps in New England either. Yeah, just a handful last year with the Ravens, and, and it was all at the end of, of blowout games, which, right, there, right. which there were a few. Um, and, and you mentioned Levine and his injury. I don't know how long term it is, but it's been not severe enough that he can still so he can still play special teams. But I think he will be back as the dime back if that if that need were required. If Gilchrist suddenly couldn't go, the, the, the Ravens just want a guy who can play the back end at, at you know a, 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 a split safety at least on the back end uh and 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 Levine is not that guy anymore Levine is strictly a dime yeah. back at this point in his right. career yeah. yeah yeah I was surprised uh when you know Gilchrist when they when they pulled him up how many snaps he actually got and I I imagine I don't remember which team that was but I imagine they were a little surprised to see him but the opponent was probably surprised to see him back there too yeah yeah I mean it was every dime snap he played so it's it was that was pretty remarkable uh, and and they, the dime, I, I, we don't have to go into this, but it was fantastic that game. They only allowed 37 yards on 21 plays. That's crazy. Yeah. Jimmy Smith having a great year for for certainly what he's paid. If there's anybody complaining about Jimmy Smith as a value proposition right now, they're crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and obviously didn't envision him in the role he's in, um, but um, it's nice to have that luxury. Um, and he's a guy, you know, yeah, obviously, the more he plays, maybe maybe there's some somebody comes along and gives him a bigger offer. Um, but you know, again, that you know the COVID and the, the smaller cap, uh, you know, he may be a guy that, um, and he's a, he, certainly a guy who seemed like you know at the end of the last year he was saying how much he wanted to stay. So I, I see, you know, I, I there's a pretty good chance he returns next year. 
Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, you know, there are a lot of teams that need a cornerback, though, and it wouldn't surprise me if somebody somebody came and plucked him from us or tried to. J- Jihad Ward is in, is the next player on this list. I, we he, he's the sixth outside linebacker right now. He was fortunate the Ravens got him really cheap for this extra year. I actually thought there would be interest in him as a free agent, but didn't materialize. Yeah, I was surprised at that too. Um, he he resigned pretty quickly, and again for one of those veteran minimum deals. And honestly, I thought the way he played, you know, instead of getting, you know, a deal for a little over a million, I thought he'd be, you know, 1.8 or something like that, where he would get um, a little better, you know, a little bit better of an offer. Yeah, and this offseason, he was still only 25 years old. I mean, he's not he's not an old guy. I mean, he's a former second-round draft pick. I mean, it's it was just – it was completely surprising to me that he didn't get any kind of offer. Brandon Williams next in the group. We mentioned a little bit that he's likely to be still around in 2021. Yeah, I mean, we've you, you know we've all seen the numbers of what the run defense looks like with him and without him. And I you know I know a lot of people didn't like the contract in the beginning, and you know now that they've restructured it so many times, it you know it makes for what appears to be an artificially large cap number, but that's because they kept well. It was artificially low in those early years because they kept you know, they kept restructuring it to make cap space. So, um, but by restructuring, you mentioned earlier, by restructuring, it probably means he's around for another year. And he certainly is. It's not like he's playing poorly or anything. He's, he, he's, he, and he had last year was probably one of his best years. Yeah. I, I think he's played well. I, I, you know, people will laugh at me for this, but when you get through two contracts, first of all, very unusual for any player to make it to the end of his second contract with the Ravens and and be there for his final year, and he's going to do it apparently. Okay, and and the people who do are usually the real stars in your franchise's history: John Ogden, Ray Lewis, uh, you know, players like that. And he's going to make it. And now, you know, I really have to bring up the the point: is is he a Ring of Honor candidate for the Ravens? I think a lot of people will say no, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not the right person to ask that question because I think the Ring of Honor is a little diluted, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I think it should be for the near hall near Hall of Famers. I think there's a couple guys, and obviously leaving the Ernest Biner out because we all know that that one doesn't belong at all. But even some of the others, I, I, I so so. But I would say, given the with that said, given the um, current criteria, I guess we'll say. I mean, yeah, he's going to be here for, you know, by the time he's done, he's probably going to be here for, you know, close to 10 years or whatever it would be, um, you know, especially if he gets a couple more years. So, you know, I think I think he probably fits into that, yeah. All right. Uh, last guy on the list was Derek Wolf. Obviously, he's been hurt for a couple of games, and that's hurt the Ravens. He's actually – they signed him above the minimum. For some reason, I thought he was a vet min guy, but he's making about $3 million this year, right? Yes, he is. He was one of those that, that hung out there for a while as a free agent, but was in kind of that second wave. Um, you know, they, it took him a while to, you know, he wasn't going to be here for, but for the Brocker situation. So, um, and that obviously because of not being able to have, uh, you know, the, the physicals and then having the physical that didn't work out well. Um, so, yeah, he signed later. So, but it, it was definitely, yeah, it was, it, he, at that point, you know, free agents were still getting more than the minimum. Um, so, as an older guy, do you think he's another guy who has a like McPhee say who has a pretty good chance to be back here? I think so because you know, and obviously, uh, it all depends on how this plays out. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, unless, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think there's anybody that's going to outplay him here that, oh, well, we'll stick with this guy and, you know, because he's going to be cheaper and, and we'll let Wolf go. So, you know, I think, I think he's got a good shot to, to stay here. And um, he certainly, you know, I mean, obviously most free agents say this is the place I wanted to be and things like that. But there's certainly the way, uh, you know, the way he was talking about it. And I, I'm trying to remember, I could see he said he talked to Flacco and I'm trying to remember somebody else. And they were all like, no, that you want to go there, you know. Um, so, you know, I, there seemed to be an appreciation. So, um, and, you know, most guys don't want to leave here. You know, they, they'll get paid handsomely somewhere else. But the culture here and, you know, from Bishotti on down seems to be a, a real drawing point. And the castle, of course, in and of itself is a drawing point. Yeah, I, I, those two things. And I think also there's a, there's a Lamar Jackson premium right now that people consider yeah. the Ravens, you know, to be a contender. Uh, yeah. that, that uh, that's going to be a real exciting place to play. All right, let's move on. Veteran cap value concerns. I only have one guy in this category, and it's a very sad story, obviously, for Ravens fans. It's Tavon Young. Yeah, I, um, I, I think, you know, given that next year, I mean, he's, I think he's got to take a pay cut. Um, mm-hmm. um, his salary is $5.5 million. Um, you know, coming off of all the injuries and obviously with the cap going down, if the cap wasn't going down, maybe, you know, maybe I wouldn't be saying this, but um, I, he's, I think, I think if they, I think if he's cut his, um, I think they save 3 million if he's cut, because I think is, uh, yeah, that, that's it. Cause it's so, um, maybe a salary is 5 million next year. I'm sorry. It's 5.5 after that, but um, so yeah, so I mean, there will be they'd save three million if he's around, uh, if he's if he's if he's cut, and they're gonna you know that's one of those places they may need that three million somewhere else, and they can't take another chance on him at that number now. Again, if he wants to drop his salary down and you know put incentives in his deal, um, you know, kind of like uh, Webb did towards the end of his career. I know Tavon Young's not at the end of his career, but. Um, you know, same, um, in a way, the same kind of same, but different circumstance. But, um, I think COVID's going to be, and he's not going to, you know, that, that may be the best deal for him, you know, drop it down 3 million. He still gets two. I'm not sure anybody else is going to give him two coming off of an injury, you know, three out of four years of injuries, especially in these times, you know, so that may, that may work in the Ravens favor to keep him around, but I, I don't see him sticking around at the present number. That's for sure. Okay, well, fair enough, and and uh, we really just hope he's such a quality nickel when he when he was healthy. That uh, boy, it's it's a shame. I'm going to just name out the four transitional players real quickly: Atara Alaka, although he had been active, obviously a serious injury to end his season. Chris Board, who's playing and I think playing pretty good special teams as a player, might be back for a two-year kind of Ravens uh, deal, possible. Um, is isn't he under he's, contract? Well, or is he a restricted free agent next year? I feel yeah. like he's got one more year, but maybe I'm wrong. This is year three for him. He okay. had a serious injury after like two snaps as a rookie in 18. So he's, okay. yeah. Yeah. So he'll be, he would, um, he would be, so he'll be around next year. Um, you know, I mean, he may be a guy that gets cut in, in training camp, but I don't see any reason that he wouldn't be around. He'll um, be so an he, RFA he, next yeah, year. He, yeah. So he and Gus Edwards are restricted free agents. So, um, so that, yeah, so that you're right. That could be a situation where um, they've done that in the past where 
and especially because the RFA numbers uh, under the new CBA have, have taken a, more of a bump. Um, so there'll be a little more to them. So that may be one of those where we'll, you know, we'll give you, uh, you know, $50,000, which isn't a lot granted, but, you know, or maybe a hundred thousand dollar bonus, um, and, you know, sign a two year deal. So, and, but they're going to be more for veteran minimum deals or base salaries than the, uh, low RFA tender, which is going to be probably close to 3 million next year. I think mm -hmm. the lower RFA total is 3 million. I think that's, yeah. Um, not, not the second round tender, just to be no, clear. Yeah, big with the cap going. Well, now it's a percentage of the cap. Um, so they, they may have addressed that in the, the COVID rules, and I didn't pay attention to it because it really didn't affect this year at this point. Um, but there was they, they were supposed to go up, and then they for the first two years of the new CBA, there was – uh, like a twenty-five thousand or two, uh, there was a there was a bump on it. Maybe it was a two hundred fifty thousand dollars bump, just for the sake of having a bump. Um, and then after that, it would go up by the percentage of the cap. It used to be um, limited um, that it could only be a certain uh, uh, you know a certain percentage of the cap. Now it is a percentage of the cap. It, it, there's no limit on so if the cap goes up by you know what uh, not happening, but if the cap went up by fifty percent, then the um, RFA tender would go up 50 percent. Where in the past there was there was a um, there was a there was a top limit to that. So um, so yeah. So they're going to be. I mean, it was it was two point something this past year. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll definitely be maybe it'll be 2.8 or something like that. But it's yeah the new. I mean, all the numbers with the new CBA have gone up. All the the minimum deal, all the minimum salaries went up pretty substantially. Okay, so if we're going to see a Chris Board signing, we'll probably see it pretty close to the beginning of the league year, right? But or maybe even at some point the rest of this year. No, he can't. He can't sign yet. He can't sign till the end of the year because he's only a third-year player now, right? So he can't. He can't sign a deal during his third year. No, he can because he was an undrafted free agent. Okay. Um, draft picks have to wait till after the third year. Undrafted free agents can. Uh, it's after their second. Good point, because they did that with Ricard last year, didn't they, or two years ago, whenever they signed yeah. Ricard to the extension. Yeah. All right, two other guys on my list for transitional are Khalil Dorsey and Iman Marshall. Uh, Khalil Dorsey, everybody says great things about him. This is his first year, you know, in theory. Uh, gave up a big play in his very first NFL snap, which didn't go well to things. But uh, right. and, and Iman Marshall obviously now has been hurt for two years. Yeah, I mean, that's that's – you know, that, that looks like a Tavon Young kind of situation. Um, so, but they have him for two more years to figure that out. All right. All right. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for joining us for this. And, and we're going to do the offense as well, but I appreciate you trying to work through some of these sound issues and, cool. and getting back with us as we're, as we're able to here. Uh, I think, you know, this is always one of the most interesting conversations I have during the year is with you in terms of the, the uh, you know, playing the armchair GM and really trying to figure out what the Ravens are going to do. Yeah. It's always, it's always fun. It's, uh, it's all, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't play fantasy football anymore, but it is like playing, playing fantasy GM and thinking about these kind of things for sure. All right. Well, Brian, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us, Josh. Oh, I'm sorry. Brian, wait, let's plug all your stuff. Your your regular pieces? Uh, yeah. So my regular pieces are, um, well, it's kind of my slow time of the year, obviously. But once we once the season ends, hopefully in sometime in February, 
um, you know, the uh, everything picks up pretty immediately talking about next year. Um, I'll probably in, you know, coming weeks, we'll put out a, 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 a preview of that, of what we're looking at. And obviously there's a lot of, a lot more uncertainty than we're used to with, uh, with the lower cap next year. But um, so that's, that's all on Russell street report. Um, the guy keep, there's a spreadsheet, basically a spreadsheet there with every player salary um, and where the cap is. And I try to update that. Um, sometimes daily or, you know, a couple times a week based on what moves they might make. And then um, very active on uh, Twitter at Raven Salary Cap. Now, if, you're, if you ever have a salary cap question or if you're opining on the salary cap, I encourage you to basically tag him because he'll give you the correct answer and he'll do it pretty quickly. So that's certainly something, uh, you know, I do whenever I'm a little bit out of my depth on, on cap issues. I, I appreciate you joining us, Josh. Anything you need, we need to promote here? Uh, no, more podcasts coming this week. And of course, everyone needs to go on over to my bookie and use the code Ravens and go to keeps.com forward slash Ravens as well to help us out. All right. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune into the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.